0: Number nine, 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 number nine. What if I just did this for like fifteen minutes? Number nine, number nine. Hello, welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. This is episode thirteen woo and it also happens to be the day before Halloween, if you're listening to this in real time. So I thought it would be fun. Today and tomorrow to look at two darker tunes from the Beatles and the Kings catalog. Today, obviously, we are talking about Revolution 9. If you are not familiar with this song, get familiar. It uh, Put on some headphones, turn out the lights, close your eyes, and um, hide some sharp objects because this is the stuff that nightmares are made out of. It is a sound collage uh, created primarily with John, George, and Yoko, and was released as track 29 on a 30 track white album on November 22nd, 1968. And Lennon's idea behind it was to uh, create an unconscious picture of what I actually think will happen when it happens. So he was trying to make an audio picture of what a revolution would sound like it is eight minutes and 15 minute eight minutes and 15 seconds long making it the longest beatles recording released um it's a about a minute longer than hey jude which clocks in at 7 and a half a minute longer than i want you she's so heavy which clocks in at um 7 i think so it's a long piece And this is not a piece I revisit every time I listen to the White Album. It's followed kind of geniusly, I think, by Goodnight, which is a lullaby sung by Ringo. Also written by John. And kind of takes the sting out of it, but I don't listen to that song very often either. So usually when I get um, to Revolution 9, I just turn off the White Album. But every now and then I do listen to it because... And this is the hot take of all hot takes. Uh, I think it's kind of a genius piece of of composition. Now, I'm not going to call it music necessarily because it would be very difficult to recreate. Not impossible, as you will find out, but difficult. Uh, But it is orchestrated like a classical piece of music would be. Okay? It opens with a simple piano line. I believe it's uh, a tape that they have of of paul playing if i'm remembering correctly which i may not be i didn't do my research on where every tape loop came from it opens with the piano uh playing and then a loop of a male voice saying number nine over and over and over again and then some strings come in then some backwards symbols then a choir that are there's all these things that come in he's flying in Loops from tapes that he has lying around Abbey Road Studios, loops that they were making there uh, in studio themselves. There's some spoken word dialogue. I, I Yoko at one point is reading from her book. George at one point is just saying dances. He's like, The Watusi, The Twist, El Dorado. Uh, that's John says it too. Uh, they're both just randomly saying things. um There's a lot of stuff. But here's where it gets actually musically legitimate is there is a ebb and a flow and a build to this piece it starts gently and then you know about a minute in it builds to this just noise every loop is playing at once it's chaos and then it drops out again and builds and so there's this constant tension and release there's uh elements of what they call consequence and antonance question and answer which you hear in in orchestral music it's basically the the equivalent of da 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 right that's consequence and antonance. and there's recurring themes that little piano part pops up throughout the whole thing the number 9 pops up throughout the whole thing certain little string passages pop up throughout the whole thing they they recur as a composer would recur a musical theme in a real symphony. So if you think of this as a single movement in a symphonic piece, it's actually pretty well constructed, well thought out, uh effective. I mean, the fact that you put on your headphones and this does kind of scare you a little bit is delivering the message that he's trying to do and you know, composers have been doing tone poems for hundreds of years. Um trying to convey the feeling of water or spring or war, right? so this is not a new concept, but this is a new medium for the time to be using only electrical, uh, uh, devices and, you know, tape loops and stuff like that. And basically using the mixing console as your keyboard. He turned the mixing console into a synthesizer of sorts and, and, flew in loops and stuff probably mostly at random but it was done at random with a a musical instinct that all three of them had but you know it it, it it i don't know it's hard to say if it was random or not i wasn't there but i'm sure it was but that musical instinct does make it a musical piece in form, in structure, in effectiveness, in the way it's orchestrated. And that's kind of cool. Now, I said it would be difficult to recreate, but it's not impossible. If you go to herohabit.com and uh, hit the search bar and search for Revolution 9, or if you go to the Hubs tab and pull up the Music Hubs and go to the Beatles page, uh, I wrote an article a while ago in defense of Revolution 9 that goes a little bit more in detail I was thinking about just reading it here, but then I would have no reason to send you to herohabit.com. But at the bottom of that is a video of a live orchestra, um, or chamber ensemble. I, I, I think it's about 25 or 30 people performing Revolution 9 faithfully, incredibly faithfully live without, um, much aid of electric instruments it's all the the violins are played by violins right um they do some weird techniques on the instruments to emulate certain sounds that were achieved by fast fades on the mixing board or reverse loops and things like that but they for the most part they they hit it all and if you were super familiar with the original you can actually kind of look at the orchestra and be like, all right, this is where the flutes are going to come in and see the flutes start playing and things like that. And what's really amazing is to watch it and watch the conductor conducting it because the original piece is absent of time. It has to be. There's, when you're flying in uh, a piano part and an orchestral part and, you know, a trumpet fanfare, they were all recorded in three different keys at three different tempos. You can't have a set meter. You're not in 4-4. Four, four, you're not at 130 beats a minute. You are absent of all of that. There's no structure um, that binds this to any kind of time. And yet the conductor manages to get it, you know, pretty faithful recreation um, in time because you have to get all these people in and out of their parts, you know, in the right spots. It's cool. Watch the conductor when you watch that video. So I encourage you to go to that. But that's Revolution Nine. It was originally intended to be uh like the long fade for the acoustic version of Revolution, which is titled Revolution One on the White Album. You occasionally will hear that on classic rock radio. It's a cool version, but it's not the one that was a hit. The electric version was the hit. And it was it was uh a long fade. And at some points during revolution nine you can actually hear uh uh parts of the vocal track that john recorded for revolution number one so it's pretty consistent another thing that makes it a musical thing because had it been tacked on to the end of revolution one then that would be a recurring piece from the previous movement i hadn't thought about that till just now so yeah go ahead and give it a listen um it will be on our weekly recap at HeroHabit.com. But like I said, uh, there is an article written about it that includes the white album version and the live orchestral version that I think would be cool to listen to and have it planned when you have trick-or-treaters coming tomorrow night. Because um, I think that's more horrifying than the Toccata and Fugue that we have been playing for Halloween for a 100 years. Anyway, if you would like to be included on this podcast... Give me a call, 925 494 1739. Leave your name, your location, and whatever you want to talk about. If you want to talk about Revolution 9 for a minute or two, go ahead and do it. Um, if you are calling in response to an episode we've already done, I will play it in a future episode just as like a little coda. But if you're calling in response to uh, a song we haven't done, I will hold on to those and include them when I cover that song. So, you know, we haven't done something yet. If something is your favorite Beatles song, give me a call and I will include your message when I talk about something. All right, 925-494-1739. I'd love to hear from you. That's an American number. So do with that as you will. Um, And as always, swing by iTunes, give us a rating and a review. We are 13 episodes in and still growing and I'm loving it. And I'm glad that you're here listening. And I hope you guys have a great Halloween. I will talk to you tomorrow with the Kinks edition of our Halloween podcast. And I hope you will join me. All right. Have a great night. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. Herohabit.com Collect your heroes.